Good afternoon, everyone. I'm glad to be here in this long weekend. Maybe some of our friends, they are traveling. And we believe that God has so much blessings in store for every season of our lives. He knows what season we are in. And in every season, maybe we need special grace and he knows that too. So this afternoon, we will look at how to focus looking ahead to the kingdom of God by following the leading of the spirit. And this is very important if we want to really accomplishing the things in the timing of God, in the power of God. There's no way we can do it on our own. There is no way. If we do not rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, which is God himself. So it's very important for us, for me, for you, each one of us, to get to know the Holy Spirit in person, to get to know walking with Him. And Holy Spirit is such a gentle voice. He will not push you. He will not force you. But He will be speaking. He will be persuading. And if his gentle voice, we are avoiding one time, two times, three times. Because he is a gentle spirit, he will withdraw. So walking with the Holy Spirit requires us, just like Jesus said, learn from me. This is the school of Jesus. Learn from me, for I am meek and gentle, and your soul will find rest. Take my yoke upon you, and you will find rest. So to be able to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, who is a gentle spirit, we ourselves, need to be gentle and meek in our spirit. What does it mean? That means willing, willing to be led, willing to be corrected, willing to follow his will, not my will. So the purpose this afternoon is for each one of us to give ourselves wholly to the Holy Spirit's leading. And um, if I can have the, okay. Actually, there's a photo that I would like to give to you. So 2023, we need to focus looking forward to the kingdom of God. So looking forward, what are we focusing on? The coming kingdom of God. In 
getting there, we need the Holy Spirit's leading. So this afternoon, we will look from the letter of Galatians. You know, in Galatians 3, verse 3, Paul said, You begun with the Spirit. How is it that now you will end in flesh? So this is a real danger that the church in Galatia was facing at that time. And it's a lesson for us that we can start it a good beginning with the Spirit. But be careful because we can end in flesh. You know what happened with the church in Galatia? They, at first they received the gospel. They received the good news. They received that they were saved by Jesus who died on the cross. So they were saved by grace, by believing what Jesus has done for them. But then along the way, Teachers, some teachers from Judaism, they come to the churches in Galatia and they taught the people, in order to be saved, you also need to observe the law of Moses. You need to get circumcised. So the people in Galatia, they were shaking with this new teaching. And then they were following that new teaching that is saying, you have to be circumcised in order to be saved. Now Paul is saying, in order to be saved, you just believe in Jesus. Circumcision is the circumcision of the heart, not of the flesh. What Paul is trying to convey here is that we do not gain salvation by our works of religion. Maybe at that time it was circumcision, but he's talking about the work of religion. They're trying to do this, they're trying to be a good Christian, do this, do that in order to be saved. No. In order to be saved, we are saved by grace. By Jesus who died on the cross, we are saved. But after we receive the grace of salvation, we should do the works of faith. That's in James, the letter of James. If you believe Jesus has saved you, you have to show it with your behavior. If you truly believe, it will come out in your action and behavior. If you believe Jesus died for you, that means you also willing to forgive anyone who has wronged you. That's one example. If you believe Jesus saved you, forgive you of all your sin, then your behavior, okay, Lord, because I receive such a great grace 
Now I am willing to forgive my friend. I am willing to forgive my spouse. That's one action. What you believe, it will come out in your action. So let's see with the church in Galatia. How we can follow the Spirit leading until the end fully. Number one, we need to have a good starting point. If you start wrong, it will affect the whole course. So let's read from Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. This is Paul uh, writing to the Galatians. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So if we want to follow the Spirit's leading, we have to agree on this one point. How can two walk together, the Bible says, if they do not agree? So if we want to walk together with God, we need to be on agreement with Him. And this is the point that happened in the Apostle Paul's life. He came to the point where he said, I, the old Paul, which was called Saul, his name before, the old Paul died already. And now it's not me, myself, who is willing to do this, desiring that, planning this, going to do that. It's not anymore Paul, but it's Christ who lives in me. So there is an exchange. Now, who is driving the car, right? Let's say your life is like you are driving a car. Is it you who drives, who is on the driver's seat? Or you are willing to give the driver's seat to Christ lives in me. So now Jesus is the one who's driving the car, not me anymore. So we have to agree on this thing in order to walk together with him. It cannot be my will and your will, God, go together. Jesus say, not my will, but your will be done. So until we come to that point of surrendering our own self, our own agenda, our own desire. It's all me, 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 me. Until that point of surrendering, only until then we can walk with the Holy Spirit. So many times in our lives, it's like sometimes we walk with Him, sometimes we don't walk with Him, right? Sometimes I obey Holy Spirit sometimes, well, I just do my own thing. But I feel the word for this moment is that there is no more time. 
maybe before you feel like, oh, I still have my plan. I want to do this and this and this. Before, maybe you had time, but now God is saying, no more time. You have to stay with the Holy Spirit. You have to stay in the house of God. Do not get out from the house of God. The house of God doesn't mean this building, but communion with God. Heaven is open over your life, and you have this communion happening with you and heaven. Do not leave that place of communion because there is no more time. And I feel that's the word for us, for the church. Sometimes the church is filled with programs. We want to do this all with good intention, all with a good heart. But sometimes we put programs first. Instead, we should ask God first. Lord, what do you want us to do in this year? I pray that you will do this for yourself. You will do this for your family. That you pray to God in this 2023. Lord, what do you want me to do with my family? Lord, what do you want to happen in my life this year? So we seek him. It's not my resolution. It's God's will for my life this year. We need to seek after his counsel. So this starting point is very important because to walk with the spirit or to walk with the flesh is an opposite. Let's read it from Galatians 5, 16 and 17. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So there is no way that we can compromise in the middle. Okay, Lord, I walk by your spirit, but I still cannot give you whole. And actually the spirit say, the moment you walk with your flesh, you are no longer walking with the spirit because these are opposite. You cannot combine them together. Either you go with the flesh or you go with the spirit. There is no both. And be assured, God knows what you need. God knows in this life, you have many things to take care of. 
you have your family, you have your children, you have your work. God knows all those cares that we have in everyday life. But he's saying that if you choose to follow me, if you choose to follow the desires of the Spirit, all these other things will be given unto you as well. That's what he said, seek the kingdom first and all the others will be given to you. And I say this because out of experience also. Of course, I'm not only as a, a pastor here, but I'm also a wife, a mother. There are many things on my plate that I need to do. But I feel that God is challenging me. If you are willing to obey, you'll get your needs taken care of. And that's what exactly happened to me. He stayed true to his word. Maybe for you, when you say, okay, yes, Lord, I want to spend time with you first thing in the morning. Okay, Lord, I follow your will, spending time 30 minutes in the morning. And in fact, usually your 30 minutes in the morning was like the busiest time of the day. You are preparing this and that and that, you know. But when you say, yes, Lord, and you start to sit down, you know, maybe the things that usually take one hour, God will give the grace because of your obedience. You can finish it in 10 minutes. That's one of the ways God do in our lives. If we choose to walk with the Spirit and not according to the flesh. Now the flesh talking about the desires of the world. The desires of the eyes, I want this, I want that. The desires of your heart, the pride. The pride of life that we are seeking after. Oh, I have to be on this standard to be successful, to be accomplished. And the lust of the flesh. Remember? During our lifetime, doesn't matter who you are. You may be a devout servant of God. You may be a pastor. As long as we live in the flesh, the flesh has desires that tries to wage war in our lives. So we have to walk with the Spirit in order to put the desires of the flesh in submission. Now, in this regard, I remember one thing. If you want to have victory over the desires of the flesh, you cannot ignore the discipline of fasting. Jesus told this in Matthew. That's when he say, when you fast. So it's not if you fast, but when you fast. That means you are going to fast. 
It is a matter of time. When? When you fast. So if we ignore this one aspect of spiritual discipline, fasting. Fasting is to humble ourselves, to humble your soul, so that the prayer started to coming up again, a pure prayer. Not just a prayer that is, God, I need this, 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 this. Okay, thank you, God, in Jesus' name, amen. That's a prayer also. But this kind of prayer that starts to come out from your soul when you fast is a prayer of hunger after God's own presence. Hunger after God's himself. That is what's coming out from fasting. Your spirit becomes stronger. Your flesh becomes weaker. Now it's very good if we have frequent fasting, say once a week, twice a week, and you dedicate the time instead of eating, spending time eating, you give that time to spend with the Lord, to pray, to be in the Word. And you know, the world knows the power of fasting and why we, the church, becoming such a weak church because we ignore this one thing. When we get to heaven, we don't need to fast. So fasting is for now, when we are still on the earth. And the second thing in Galatians, how to walk with the Spirit, is we have to walk in our identity. Galatians 4, verse 6. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So Paul is saying that when you believe in God, you receive the spirit of adoption. The Holy Spirit is spirit of adoption, bringing us not only into freedom from slavery of sin, but bringing us in the family of God. Putting us in the position of sons and daughters, heirs of the inheritance that was provided so rich. So this is the identity. And you cannot, sadly, many people following Jesus, but they do not walk in identity as sons and daughters. You know, uh, in the Greek word, there are few words of to describe sons. But there's one word, huios, that means you inherited the character of your parents. You know, as children, you have DNA in yourself that inherit the character of your parents. So if we are truly God's son, then we have in our DNA something that is really like God. And when I was I was faced by difficult question by someone who is in a trouble in her marriage. She said, should I get divorced? 
And I told her that if you love God, you don't want to do things that he doesn't like, right? If you love your husband and wife, you do not do things that, that irritates your husband or your wife. You try to please them, right? So if we love God and God says, God did not say, I don't like divorce, but God say, I hate. So there is something in the heart of God that breaks when a family breaks because God loves children also. Children are the one that is most suffer in a broken home. So I cannot, you know, telling this person, you don't do this, you do this, but I can just give her the heart of God. What is in God's heart? We should have it also in our heart. Now, talking about sons and daughters, this is talking about sons and daughters who is, who is dependent upon the parents. And that's how we should walk with God. Sons and daughters, your children, they are very open to correction because these are the time when you should uh, bring them up in the right education, in the right upbringing, in the fear of the Lord, in the righteousness. And that's how we should walk with God. When things happen to us, maybe with, say, correction, maybe you receive, you know, you receive a slap, a little slap, a lovely, loving slap. And when you have a heart as sons and daughters, you will be, yes, Lord, what did I do it wrong? Is there anything I should repent of? That's if we receive our position as sons and daughters. We're open to correction. But if we receive a slap and then, why should I be, why should I be treated this way? What is my fault? What's wrong with me? So we were like all flaring up in anger when we receive something bad happen to us. So walking in identity as children of God, we should have a heart that is open for correction, that has the fear of God. Children also have a heart that is free of worries. They know their parents will take care of them. They know my daddy will know how to get out of this situation. So let's read from Romans, well, where Paul is explaining a little bit more about these children of God. Romans 8 verse 14, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, 
provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So the proof that we are truly children of God is we are being led by the Holy Spirit. We cannot just say, oh, I am God's children. In the spirit world, it's obvious. Are we really being led by the Spirit, walking with the Spirit? Or we are walking in rebellion against Him? And that divines who you are, your identity. If you really are children of God, you are willing to be led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, verse 16, is the one who testifies that, yes, this is children of God. So the testimony is not from ours. It's the Holy Spirit who testifies. This is the real son. And what will prove that is your heart. Do you have connection with your parents, with your God? Are you in submission to him? Are you walking in obedience to him? If all these things we do, we can live a really lives full of freedom. Freedom of fear, freedom of future, freedom from worries. Free. Because we know God takes care of me. That's why I love, you know, hymns, they are hundreds years old but they speak truth into your life. God will take care of you through every day, all of your ways. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. So believe that if you are sons and daughters of God, willing to be led by the Spirit, and the third one, Paul speaks to the Galatians in verse 6, chapter 6, verse 7 until 10. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So the third one, remember, there is a reaping time for everything that we do. Whatever we sow, that we will reap. And it's being uh, 
preceded by a warning, do not be deceived. Because sometimes we think that, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do that. I'll have no consequences of my doing. You know, David, David did such a grievous sin. He fell in immorality. He killed the husband. So he was in a blunder. And of course, he repented. And God forgave him. But he still need to bear the consequences. Because of what he did, God said, the sword will not leave your house. And what he witnessed, David witnessed his son raped his daughter. Another son killing the others. The sword stay in his house. That's the consequences. We cannot escape from the consequences. Yes, you receive forgiveness. But there are consequences to bear. So God says, do not be deceived. And he says, God is not mocked. So this is, we really have to take into account that whatever we speak, whatever we do, that is sowing. Do you sow kindness or do you sow hatred? Maybe you can speak in your family, you know, well, it's only between spouse, but maybe your children listen and hear. And when you speak about, you know, dislike about this person, you don't like that person. You are sowing hatred in the hearts of your children. And we don't want to do that. Be careful with what you sow, with your words, with your action. And continue in verse 8. If we sow to the flesh, we will reap from the flesh. You cannot sow to the flesh and reap from the spirit. There's no way. That's why it says you can know what tree from the fruit it produces. You, you can know that this is maybe a mango tree because of the fruit that it produces, mangoes. You can tell that this is not a fruit tree because all the thorns, you know, is like thorn bushes. You recognize the person by the fruit in their lives. So whatever we sow, we will reap. What is the fruit in our lives? Now, starting today, let's sow everything good. You know, you speak, maybe speak about your children, speak about your husband, speak about your wives, something that is good. Lord, I believe your purposes for him will be fulfilled. 
Lord, I pray that you will be full of the fear of God. We speak, we sow good things. Anything that you speak, you put into existence. So why don't we start sowing good things? Maybe we haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it grow in your children. You haven't seen it grow in your spouse, but you keep speaking. Yes, God, you will do great things. Yes, God, you will visit him with your love. Yes, God, he is your son. He is, she is your daughter. We speak, we sow good things into their life and we will reap. So, and it's a warning for us, do not sow things to your flesh. You know, the thing about sowing and reaping, you sow one seed, you reap not only one, many, many, many. So if we sow something bad, we don't want to reap multiplication of bad things. So let's consider what are we sowing? And then he says, do not grow weary in doing good for in due season you will reap. Sometimes reaping time is not happen in your lifetime. Maybe you sow something good, something good, but you will reap in your children's time. Maybe you reap in your grandchildren's time. You know, you never know. It's not about manipulating God. Okay, God, I give this, and then I'll hope I'll get something bigger. It's not like that. But it's like you are believing with faith. You are investing. But God says, do not grow weary. For sure, you will reap. Maybe it's your children who will reap. Maybe it's your grandchildren. Verse 10, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Because those who are of the same faith, it's one member in one body. We are one body. Why don't we now start to see, is there any need? Maybe it's not only financial, maybe it's a soul need. Somebody needs to be comforted, someone needs advice, good advice, someone needs counsel, someone needs just to be there with them. Let's see if there is any need. Let's not expect, oh, he's the leader of the connect groups, he will take care of that. Why don't each one of us, as God leads, we will sow good things in each other's life as the Spirit's leading. And I pray that we all, in our daily life, will be mindful of walking with the Holy Spirit. You know, you walk with the Holy Spirit, you need to talk to Him. You need to ask. Not just walking, but you don't care. 
You never talk to him. You never ask. Now let's learn. When you come to God, say, I love you, God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. I want to hear from you. Of course, with your Bible open. Don't just hear anything, but with the Bible as your guide. And I believe those who are willing to be led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, which is the power of God, can do anything in your life. God can do anything in a life that is given to Him. Let me ask the musicians to come forward. I remember this one thing, one song, a hymn that says, in times like this, we need a savior. In times like this, we need an anchor. That's what we need. We need the Holy Spirit to walk with us, to lead and guide us. Let's just all stand up together in his presence. 